now my great pleasure to introduce the Chief Nurse and Midwifery Officer of New South Wales, Jackie Cross. A registered nurse, Jackie has held a variety of nursing roles within New South Wales Health, including clinical nursing roles as an RN, a NUM and a nurse manager. And she's held senior nursing positions, including the Director of Nursing and Midwifery at South Western Sydney Local Health District. Please welcome Jackie. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm going to have to get that bio changed. Every time I listen to it, I think we've got to zhush it up a bit. What an amazing address, uh, Hannah. It was just a great privilege to hear. Um, I don't, I'm hoping mine will be maybe just as lively, but um, we'll see. And I, I realise I'm, I'm between you and afternoon tea, so not a great place to be. <laughs> so, good afternoon, and as I said, it's great to be here. Uh, thank you to the association's leadership, to um, Brett, Judith and Coral for inviting me to be part of today. Uh, my esteemed colleagues, nurses and midwives of New South Wales, as I said, I'm delighted to be here as part of today's program. I would like to begin by acknowledging the uh, traditional owners of the land on which we meet today, the Barramadigal people of the Darug Nation, and I pay my respects to elders past, present and future. I would also like to acknowledge any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander people who happen to be with us here today. So as I said, Thank you for uh, inviting me to be part of this professional day at this year's 73rd uh, conference. This is, I think, the third time uh, that I've spoken here. Um, I've been asked to speak today to you about what I see as the important issues, challenges and opportunities related to the professional practice framework, thinking about evidence-based practice and technical innovations. So just a small um, subject. Uh, and as I thought about the topic and preparing for this speech, I can see there's much broader conversation to be had. We would all be hard pressed to find someone who hasn't had an experience of nursing or midwifery care, either directly or as part of supporting or caring for a loved one. So I'd ask you to stop and pause, to think for a minute about an experience of care that you might have had, and then ask yourself, what is it that you would expect of the nurses and midwives involved in that experience? In the way that they provided care, and also about the skills, the attributes, and the knowledge that they had that enabled them to practice in a safe, ethical, and compassionate way. I recall very vividly my first address at this conference, uh, which was two years ago. And it was just after I'd commenced in, in the role of the Chief Nursing and Midwifery Officer. I shared with you at that time a recent experience and spoke about how my husband had recently attended an emergency department in one of our major hospitals. He was then subsequently um, admitted. All's good now, which is great. I felt at the time, and I was still unable to say that we had a very good experience, not just because everything turned out okay, but because we felt confident about the way that that care was being delivered at what felt at the time as a very critical um, part of our lives. If two years later I reflect upon that experience and reframe my thoughts around that episode of care to what I would expect from the nurses who were providing that care, what would be the things that I would consider? How would I be confident that we were receiving the most appropriate care? I would expect that from an individual level that they had received the foundational education and knowledge required for them as a nurse. 
that they, of course, were registered to practice, they were up to date, and proficient at the skills required in the context in which they were working. That they understood the scope of practice, their, their, uh, sorry, that they understood their scope of practice and on the, based on their skills and experience in the role. And that they had adequate supervision and opportunities to learn and to develop. I would expect that they were working as part of a healthcare team. And as part of that, that they understood their role within that team. I'd expect that they were kind and thoughtful and that they were working with us for the best possible outcome. We talk about having the right skills, the right mix of people, being safe, being professional, understanding our scope of practice and that of others. So how do we make decisions and determine that? What is our individual responsibility and what is the responsibility of the places in which we work and practice? What are the frameworks that assist us all in making sense of these things? Nurses and midwives, as we all know, contribute to the quality and safety for patients in many different ways. And clearly, hands-on patient care is a very direct aspect of this patient safety. And patient safety is fundamental to the work that we do. While there are many systems in place to monitor patient safety, there are also accountabilities attached to the work that we do and that we are personally responsible for. These accountabilities are bound to our duty of care and include many different elements at a practice level. For example, there are, respons there are responsibilities to observe our patients, to make recordings of these observations and to act on any irregularities. The administration of the right medication at the right time, by the right route, and to the right patient is another obvious responsibility of health professionals, including nurses and midwives. Supervision of practice is everybody's responsibility. And I think we're very fortunate in the state to have had a large investment in clinical nurse educator and clinical midwifery educator positions. It was interesting, I was just recently speaking to an overseas visiting professor who's been involved in some care, doing some studies in one of our LHDs, and we were talking one day, and she referred to this wonderful resource that we had, something that she hadn't experienced in her own country. She was talking about the clinical nurse educators and the clinical midwifery educators. As we know, one of the core functions of those positions is to assist provision to less um, experienced staff in the provision of care to our patients. But this responsibility does not fall only on those that hold these roles. Supervision and education of less experienced staff is everybody's business. And we must continue to highlight the importance of this. I often speak, when I think about my own experiences of a newly graduated nurse, about two nurses who were very important in those very early days of my career. One was a charge nurse, that um, was in charge of the board when I first graduated, and one was a more experienced um, nurse. They took me under their wing in those first uh, few months in that year, during my first graduate year, and taught me some of the finer things around nursing. And I talk about each of them sitting on one of my shoulders, or each one on each shoulder, rather than two. And they continue to guide me through my practice and my career long after that first year. I just hope that I have also provided support to other nurses as part of that legacy. These examples are just a few of the most frequently performed roles in day-to-day -day nursing and midwifery practice. 
And it is no surprise that a failure to perform these responsibilities can have serious consequences for our patients' well-being. Failure to perform these responsibilities can also have serious personal and professional ramifications for nurses and midwives. While individuals have their own personal responsibilities and accountabilities, we also have a responsibility to act if the practice of one of our health professional colleagues becomes of a concern to us. Early identification and remediation is vital, and escalations of your concerns to your managers are another important step of course, the welfare of the individual and ourselves is paramount, and in recognition of this, the Nursing and Midwifery Board has developed a Nursing and Midwifery Support Service, which is available to students, nurses, and midwives, as well as to managers, and provides access to confidential advice and referral. Regulatory functions have an important part, to, an important role to play in the quality and safety of our systems, and nurses and midwives should be familiar with them. The core business of regulation is to protect the public from harm and forms another part of our governance system. In New South Wales and Australia generally, we have a robust system of governance, and this is something we can be proud of and participate actively in. And as I said, there's registered health professionals, there are regulatory standards with regard to registration and endorsement that must be met. And in fact, my own registration requirements were audited just as I became the Chief Nursing and Midwifery Officer for New South Wales. <laughs> so if you don't think you're going to be audited, you better think about that again. <laughs> I was very fortunate I actually did pass the audit. It would have been a little bit embarrassing if I hadn't. And very public, I would think. There are also professional standards that define us as nurses and midwives and state the requirements of our practice and our behaviours. These include the codes of conduct, standards for practice, and the codes of ethics for both nursing and midwifery. The standards, along with the decision-making framework, define our practice, scope, and how we come together as members of the healthcare team to deliver care. They are the documents that guide us when we're looking at our individual practice and the profession's practice, and assist us in making decisions about the delivery of clinical care and in the development of new models of care. Nurses and midwives have traditionally adapted to meet the needs of patients and climate, um, clients in an ever-changing healthcare environment. We continue to demonstrate the flexibility to evolve and to work to our scope of practice to ensure that healthcare is provided to consumers in a timely and appropriate way. There are numerous examples of this over the decades including, which includes uh, the development and growth of nurse practitioners. I'm really pleased to say that New South Wales now has over 300 nurse practitioner positions, working in diverse areas and across different specialties. So we need to be ready for the roles of the future as we engage in technolo technological advances to deliver care that is going to be much more flexible in far more diverse um, areas. As we continue to adapt to the future care context, these standards will continue to be our compass. Recently, we've begun a series of seminars uh, with the local health di district directors of nursing and midwifery. And we're using part of the time at our regular monthly meetings because we want to explore some of the challenges and the opportunities for the future of nursing and midwifery workforce. And to do this, we need to develop a shared understanding of the impact of advances in technology on nursing and midwifery practice. 
As a group of nursing and midwifery leaders, it is critical for us to formulate our thinking so we can begin to shape the future. We held the first of these seminars uh, late last week, and it began with a presentation that had a focus on how technology is changing education and learning. It included insights into what future, the future workforce will demand from us with regard to ongoing development, modes of delivery of learning and education, as well as the technology that's available to us now and into the future. It really is game-changing stuff and will impact, impact on the delivery of right through from undergraduate uh, preparation, how we deliver mandatory training, and how we have learning um, within our workplaces. There's too much to discuss about the presentation um, here today with you, but however, one of the strong messages that came through in that first seminar, and one that I suspect will be a continuing theme, was the humanistic approaches that we required to enhance and complement the technology that is and will be available to us in the future. At that same meeting, it just so happened that we had also had uh, the real privilege of hearing a presentation from a nursing unit manager and a director of nursing from one of our um, hospitals. They took the opportunity to present a patient care initiative as part of their work within Essentials of Care. And it has started as a project to help decrease patient falls. And then through observations of care and feedback from patients, family and staff, the project progressed to a new model of care and a way of engaging with patients and carers. One of the enablers for um, changing the way that the work was being done was the introduction of electronic medical records and the carts on wheels, which I'm sure you're all familiar with now. Um, and with that, the mobility regarding access to patient records that it provided. This meant that a model of care was able to be developed that moved nurses and other healthcare staff away from central staff stations into the patient rooms. As a consequence, nurses and the rest of the healthcare care team had greater opportunities for interaction and conversations with patients and carers. Nursing staff were pivotal in talking with and engaging patients about their plan of care, a model that put the patient at the centre. They were engaging with the technology while practising the art of nursing, that humanistic part of care. As I said earlier, the principal documents that guide and govern how we perform are the Nursing and Midwifery Board of Australia's professional standards, to which we must all adhere, adhere. And as you know, the standards define the required behaviours and performance relating to our conduct, our clinical practice and our ethical code. The intention of the documents is to maintain safe and clinically competent practice. The National Safety and Quality Service Standards also guide our clinical practice to ensure quality and safety in our care delivery. And in New South Wales, we have the core values, collaboration, openness, respect and empowerment. They are a single set of shared behaviours and principles to focus the efforts of all staff. So our challenge is to make sense of the underlying principles and keep them at the forefront of what we do every day. We have a collective responsibility, those involved in education, policy, managers, clinicians, to understand and use these standards to inform the way that we deliver care, to challenge each other, to look at the possibilities, and to guide our decision-making. We have a choice. We can use them to limit practice. We can, as we have so often done before, make decisions to use them to enhance and to evolve. 
And I would encourage everyone to review and think about how the standards impact on local ward and hospital decisions, as well as how your team operates on a daily basis. I'd ask you again to pause and ask yourself, what are your expectations of yourself, your colleagues, and your workplace in how we deliver care? And what do you expect when you or your loved ones experience that care? How does that link to the standards and the other guiding doc documents that I've spoken about? Good care outcomes are highly dependent on the professional practice and behaviours of nurses and midwives. And it is so important for all of us to regularly reflect on our practice and our professionalism. I encourage you to be overt in both displaying that and celebrating it in others. I often say one of the best parts of my job is when I'm out and about visiting wards and hospitals. I'm very fortunate to speak with nurses and midwives and patients across the state and to hear the many stories of how nursing and midwifery professionalism has affected people. Often it's the everyday inter interactions that may seem so small and insignificant at the time that will stay with people long after they have left our care. For some it is a feeling of being cared for, others it's a kind or a gentle touch that made their episode of care more bearable, and others say that they really felt heard and that was central to their experience. My personal story comes from the care we received two years ago in that busy emergency department. It's about the nurse that showed such grace in taking the time and the opportunity to quietly acknowledge as we're standing together outside a cubicle where my husband was being cared for, stating that it must, be a very, it must have been a very stressful time for me as well. She was checking to make sure that I was okay. Along with highly technical nursing skills, she also showed that she valued and that she understood the importance of the art of humanistic, compassionate nursing care. You will have your own stories. And I hope you understand that you are, and I hope that you understand, and you are proud of your contribution. I think, and I thank each and every one of you for your hard work, and your dedication, and for helping to make our health system world class. In finishing, I want to share a motto from a hospital in Mumbai, which has its, its origins in a quote from Gandhi. They were referring to he all the way through it, so I've changed it to she, thank goodness, <laughs> after Hannah. <laughs> so a patient is the most important person in our hospital. She is not an interruption to our work. She is the purpose of it. She is not an outsider in our hospital. She is a part of it. We are not doing a favour by serving her. She is doing a favour by giving us an opportunity to do so. This resonates with me as it simply states the privilege and responsibilities we have as nurses and midwives. It reminds me both of the standards that we set for ourselves and the challenge that we are constantly aspiring to meet. When we are committed to the ethos of professionalism, we can meet that challenge. Compassionate, person-centred care delivered with courage and commitment to quality remains our, quiet, our highest priority. Finally, nurses and midwives play a unique and privileged role in the lives of those that we care for. Every action we make has a ripple effect. And while there are systems of governance and processes in place to monitor safety and quality, at the end of the day, there is a very personal responsibility that we all have to our patients, our communities, and to each other. 
that we must continue to hold with the highest regard. So thank you, everybody.